Welcome to We're Talking. We have an opinion about everything, and it means absolutely nothing. Now, here are your hosts, the rocket surgeon and the brain scientist, but we're not sure who's who. Craig Malasa and Josh Jacno, they're talking. Welcome to We're Talking. Tonight we're in Montgomery, Alabama for the Sunbelt Conference baseball tournament. Tonight I have Josh Sowers from UTA and JT Crabtree from South Alabama. We're going to talk a little baseball tonight. Josh, I know you've been on before, but why don't you just introduce yourself one more time. Tell the people who you are. Yeah, absolutely, Craig. It's been a, uh, been a couple weeks, but uh, yeah, Josh Sowers. I've uh, been doing UTA uh, baseball, UTA radio for, uh, we're in, uh, wrapping up the seventh season of, uh, of work over in, uh, in Arlington. So uh, yeah, happy to be at the tournament and uh, yeah, appreciate you having me on once again. So dur- during the during the season though, when you're at home, you're, you're uh, you, you do TV, but is it, is it simulcast or is it just TV for the ESPN Plus? Well, we've got a very unique setup. Uh, ESPN Plus, obviously, the new contract, Sunbelt Conference. We decided we could only do the last nine games of the season, which that turned into we're going to do the last three conference series Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three games uh, for three weekends, equals nine. Hopefully, next year, infrastructure's in place and we can go to uh, ESPN Plus. In the meantime, like this weekend, I'll be doing a free audio stream of the uh, baseball game. Very nice. Uh, is there a way that they can hear that? Is that going to the uh, UTA schedule and clicking on a link? Absolutely. Or? Click that headphone or utamavs.com uh, slash watch, and uh, you will be able to hear uh, myself call the games. Uh, but not until Thursday, though. That's when our first game is. Well, aren't you lucky? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a weird setup. We'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Uh, uh, most definitely. That's the most unique thing that we're going to have this weekend. And JT Crabtree from the South Alabama, the voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. JT? Why don't you introduce yourself, tell our listeners who you are. Yeah, Craig, thanks for having me on. Uh, first time over here, not a, but not very dissimilar to Josh, where I'm also in my seventh year. Uh, we're at the same age. We're both former student radio people of our respective alma maters now working for the athletic department. Uh, my first year on baseball, I've been doing softball for the Jags for the last five years. Uh, home football, men's basketball, all, all those home and road, and uh, first season as voice of Jags baseball. Glad to be up here in Montgomery and talk with you guys, talking some balls. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, here, here's the difference, though, between me and him. He got married. Oh, that's true. That. That's uh, true. I'll try to throw that out there for now. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you, J.D., does it bother you that after you got off softball that they went to the NCAA championship? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no, man, I, my wife jokes that I am bad luck because I went and joined the softball team in 2016, fresh off of three straight regional appearances for the program, thinking, okay, great, I'm going to go call some games in a regional every year. This is going to be fun. And we didn't make it once. First year I'm removed from softball, they go back to the NCAA regional. So, uh, Mark Calvi, if we go over this weekend, I'm sorry. Well, you know, well, if, if it's if it's like your pass, they're going to go this year. I mean, your first year with softball, you said, right? They went? First first year they didn't go. Oh, first year yeah. they... But right oh. before, they had gone for three straight oh, years. okay. I'm sorry. Bringing up bad memories here for them. But. It's, okay. it's okay. It's 2021. We went through 2020. The mojo is all different now. That's at least what I'm telling myself. Did you follow the softball team close this year? I'm sure you did oh, as, yeah. as one of your, as your alma mater. Yeah, uh, I had to be proud though of what the Sun Belt did as far as people getting into the turn, uh, number of teams into the tournament, uh, a record high. So, it had to been exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy the Jags won, and Becky Clark has been a good coach there. So, yeah, yeah, they've been a, a tremendous job by the Sun Belt as a whole, getting Louisiana and Texas State, Troy, and the Jags in there, and uh, a really a strong showing from all four teams as well. All four of them didn't get just 0-2 and, and gone. All of them got really, really good wins. Most of them even made it to the, the regional final championship game. So it's a, it's a sh- solid showing from the Sun Belt this past weekend. Yeah, I believe Texas State beat uh, uh, Oregon, and uh, they ended up falling to uh, Texas. But uh, and my Cajuns lost to that team to the west or east of us, and that's probably why uh, I don't know where I'm living right now, but uh, <laughs> west or east, but to the east, and we we'll, won't mention any names. But uh, we did fall to one game at UTA, which I think was might have been a little springboard for our team. Just like uh, last year, we got beat by Coastal early on. So I believe that was the team's first uh, conference loss that weekend as well. It was. It was. Not the last one though. But the girls very very proud of all the Sun Belt teams. So, but we're here for baseball, and this is the spotlight right now for the Sun Belt Conference. So. Uh, 
you know, you have South Alabama, that's the number one seed. The Cajuns are the number one seed out of the West. And then you have UTA, that's the number two seed. And we have uh, Georgia Southern to thank for that. And uh, the Cajuns to thank for themselves. So, uh, yes, yeah. a great topic <laughs> to start off with. Yes. Uh, Josh, tell us how you lost your, 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 your conference champion. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, talk about talk, talk about the Mavericks. Did that do anything for them? Were you able to see something that 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 you, that you're coming into the tournament that says that's okay, we're okay, we're gonna we're gonna fight back now? Yeah, absolutely, I do that. UTA has sputtered a bit down the stretch. They've lost their last three series, but they, they never got swept, and that that was the main part of the one of the reasons why they were in the race uh, for first place in the uh, in the West Division uh, with the uh, you know division whatnot. Sorry, the PA came on, got a little distracted there as uh, yeah. you know we're watching we're up to Texas State, uh, Texas Midfield as we uh, as we get moving on. Uh, no, for UTA, we feel very confident. Um, there may be, and we've yet to see it, but there's, there's pros and cons to whatever seed you have because UTA's not, we got, UTA's been on the road since last Wednesday. Uh, flying into Statesboro, obviously they just bust over here to Montgomery. Uh, and now we're not, now we're just kind of hanging around. They're, they're, they're practicing at a city field. Uh, they're going to do that tomorrow as well, trying to get the guys loose. No, they feel very confident. We feel like they, we have the, one of the best pitching staffs in the conference, if not the best pitching staff. And uh, hey, go out there and win, win four games, or maybe only have to win three games out of four times. So it, it's a very unique pool play. And like I said earlier, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, the the, the pool play is interesting, and, and I agree with you. I, I there's a little difference between the one and the two C, but not a whole lot. Uh, the best part about the one and two C, they will advance, uh, but. Talk about the Jaguars now, JT. What, what, what? How do you feel about them coming into the tournament? Yeah, feeling good. Obviously, with a, a one seat under your belt is always nice. Um, kind of got in at the, the skin of our teeth this past weekend, going on the road to Appalachian State and had a lead in that game late. Uh, couldn't hold on. Game two had the lead late. Couldn't hold on. And then game three exploded for a, a run rule. Put up uh, 13 runs in five innings. It was a, a really nice way to earmark the regular season and get back on the bus and come back home. Josh, you said the Mavs stayed on the road, just went from Statesboro straight here, right? Yes. Okay. Did Texas, anybody know of Texas, Texas State, State? They did the yes. same thing. So okay. we were actually considering doing the same thing from Appalachian State. We went into the weekend trip. That was the plan. Well, since we weren't playing until Wednesday, we said, okay, we'll just keep going through Montgomery and head home. We came home Sunday afternoon and then came back up actually Tonight, Tuesday, uh, we got around 6 o'clock when we arrived in Montgomery, so not too bad. But um, feeling good about the team, especially going into the tournament with your bats finally figuring something out at the plate. We're going to get to that. But go ahead. And you can talk about as much as you want right now. So I, I won't delve too much into hitting for now since we'll talk about that. But the pitching and defense, you know, has always been Mark Calvey's bread and butter, the, the squeeze plays, the hit and runs. That's still the same for this Jags team. Uh, a pitching staff that has two second-team all-conference pitchers and JoJo Booker and Jeremy Lee, but one of those guys unavailable the rest of the season with Jeremy Lee, the freshman who's I mean, he's pitched so well and just he, he's, he's got some arm issues. So they're, they're, it's not bad. They're just playing it safe with them because he's a freshman. No need to force anything. And what's nice is the Jags have so much pitching this year that we actually have the luxury of shutting down an all-conference pitcher and saying you know i think we'll be okay so that's that's where we're at on the where we're at on the pitching side of it so, so it, it was very sad to see because i thought he 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 well obviously he pitched well i mean i don't need to say that to you but uh it was very sad like you said as a freshman at least he'll and, and surgery's not needed as far as we know right now Correct. so yep. uh, but back back to your hitting <laughs> i mean you guys have like a 224 average or something like that when you and when we played you in mobile you came into the game in the last 10 games you were batting 174 yep. and you were seven and three 174 <laughs> i'm gonna tell you you're three and seven yeah how what i mean i know the reason but maybe there's more and i'm not gonna influence your what's the reason for that we've winning i guess is sure winning uh, cures all ails, right? But the uh, the main thing really has been we have jumped on and ridden the back of three guys at the plates. Santi Montiel, Michael Sandel, who, by the way, it's a travesty. He's not some all-sunbelt conference hitting 
296, nine homers, 40 driven in, 42 runs scored. I won't get on my soapbox. I'll leave that for Twitter. <laughs> the other one, obviously, Ethan Wilson. I mean, he has been consistent. He hasn't maybe necessarily put up the expected, quote, Ethan Wilson numbers this year because he's been playing on a bad ankle all season. He rolled his ankle, got a high ankle sprain a week before the season started. It's it's good that we've had him as good as he's been this year for as long as we've had him, and he hasn't had to miss except for one game, and it was the season opener. So those three guys have been really – we've been riding them offensively all season long, and – the offense really has gone the way of you know, those three guys are going to be consistent. It's who gets uh, who gets two hits in the four spot, who gets a, a bloop single in the five spot, who just mixes in there and adds just a little bit to help out those guys at the top is what's been the case so far. So it, with the guys hitting though, is it still because I know I know you're batting like one seven at that point one one seventy four, but on base uh, not on base percentage. Your batting average when with runners in scoring position, you're batting like 310, 320. Yeah. So is that across the board, or is that those same three guys you're talking about? It's a little top-heavy, but it, it's spread out better, and it's actually leveled out more across the team the last couple of weeks. They've been better in run scoring opportunities. They've mixed the lineup up a lot the last two weeks as well. It's not it's not the same lineup that you guys saw. What was gosh, that was a month ago already? Yeah. Something like that? Gosh, on a Sunday night, Monday doubleheader in that crazy series over at good old Eddie's Stanky Field. But it's it's a different team. Um, still most of the same guys in the same positions. Um, you'll see a little bit of a, a newer mix probably in right field between Caleb Balgard, now the freshman Hunter Donaldson starting to play a little bit more. Richard Sorrenti starting to catch a little bit more. But aside from that, everyone else in all the other positions, and even probably, I guess, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Andrew Bates. I mean, he wasn't on the travel roster for any road trips until three weeks ago when we go to Georgia Southern. And he simply won a job because he got a game-winning double against Georgia State in a pinch hit roll. And so that's, we've been, that's sometimes what it takes. That's what it takes. And we've been trying to find someone all season long to kind of take claim of the DH role. And so far, Bates the last month has been the guy. I think the stat I read this morning was six of his last seven hits have driven in runs. Nice. So that'll that'll definitely help. You know, I, if you're listening at home, and where where would you be listening? Or if you're listening. Wherever you're listening from, you're probably hear a train in the background. It's not us uh, making weird noises hey, or anything. Hey, we are at an old train station. Yes. First, first base side is an old train hub. From well, you know, okay, so I looked at that, and I, and I noticed the plaque outside said this was a, a, a prison during the Civil War. Mm -hmm. So it, was it two separate buildings in, or was it kind of the same? Yeah, I'm not sure, because I, I read the same uh, read the same you know National Monument plaque, yep. and it said it was, like, in the area. So I don't know if it was right next door. Okay. I mean, it, but it makes Not sense sure. though too, because if you if you're hauling prisoners, you're gonna, I mean, especially where depending on where you're hauling them from, you're gonna put them on mm -hmm. on a train. Sure. Uh, so, but I yeah, will, I will say this: I have enjoyed this ballpark quite a bit. You know, today it's been a uh, uh, it's been a long day for a, uh, a lot of teams. <laughs> We've been out here uh, several several hours, but I'm I'm a fan. The Sun Belt has moved to to, uh, to this neutral side to this ballpark. I I tell you, and I know it's gonna be a little hot sometimes, but I think the weather is gonna be absolutely perfect we saw what happened in georgia southern 2016 or 17 i think it was 17. we saw what actually happened at uh the t russo park when we hosted it there as well some delays in uh and and even with our park it, it's a it's a turf field so we were able to get back on but if there's lightning in the air there's nothing to do so you can't you can't play it doesn't matter so forecast looks great oh it does it's going to be, it's going to be a little warm uh, uh, which i'm fine with and and we're lucky enough to be uh sitting up here in a nice shaded spot and uh um but I, at some point my very white legs are going to have to get out here and get some sun okay. at some point so but that's not what we're here to talk about is my white legs uh so josh talk about the last series with georgia southern what 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 do you What's your thoughts on the series? I'm not going to ask you what went wrong necessarily, but 
What are your thoughts? What do you think they need to, your team needs to do better? What what where where are we going from here with Well, you? I mean it's cliche to say it's just getting getting hits when you need them. You need timely hits. And that's that's somewhat been the problem over this last uh, three series, is not getting the hits, not being able to take advantage of those hits. Uh, there's been several times when this team has left the bases loaded. We've had guys on second and third with less than uh, two outs. Several of those analytic situations that the Mavericks have not been able to plate uh, any runs across. Like I said earlier, pitching, we feel very, very confident in. This team, all season long, has never gotten their bell rung. They've never been blown out by, I want to say, more than uh, seven or eight runs by, by almost anybody, really, uh, as far as Sunbelt Conference play goes. So uh, even the South Alabama series, JT, you remember that? That was our first conference weekend, and those games were all very close. Jags won the series 2-1. to one. Those games came down to the final couple innings every single evening. And UTA, after, like, man, that's that was a tough series. That's a tough one to lose, but we feel like we can keep up with these guys because there's a couple very strange foul ball plays off somebody's ankles and whatnot. I like your, I like when you're smiling as I, as I say that. Uh, I too, didn't say anything. <laughs> Uh, but UT had a really positive outlook. I credit our pitching coach, Brady Cox, for that because I talked to him afterwards, and he said, you know what, it was tough, but we were right in this series, and uh, we think South Alabama is going to be a great team this year. Congratulations to Mark Calvin. Congratulations to South Alabama on the number one seed. Uh, and I'm sure you all have the same attitude. Hey, none of that matters right now because we had to go out there and we got to win a ball game. Very unique situation with the pool, not pool play, whatever you want to call it. I know they're calling it pool play, but – uh, there are going to be some meaningless games that, that happen in the next couple days, or maybe not tomorrow. Maybe there will be some tomorrow. But talk about uh, uh, any coincidence. I mean, and I don't know, I asked Jay this a couple weeks ago uh, with being around Coach Robes so much. Am I influenced from him, or did I, you know, or, or was it something I always thought about baseball? But any, any, any coincidence you guys think that the, probably the, the four top teams are probably – Right there with the four top pitching teams, pitching and I, the only I, and, and the Jags play great defense. Mm. I'm not sure where you, uh, UTA is on defense. Our team not so much. So I mean, but the pitching's been there for us. The timely hitting, like you said, has not been there always. But the Jags have been pitching and defense all year long and timely hitting, which gets you a championship. So uh, just I mean, I mean, we've talked about the pitching. It's just it's. Well, go back to the Louisiana UTA series. Look at look at night one. Fifteen innings. Both starters did absolutely fantastic. Arigetti versus Tavera, two competitors uh, on the mound, and we had a, we had a fantastic ball game. Cajuns had a nice 11:45 p.m. Uh, fifteen inning four three win. That was that was the case of the weekend, and the series was won on on uh, Saturday night due to uh, we thought it was a ticking, ticking time bomb with Cajuns offense. I mean, at some point they're going to hit the ball and, and uh, y'all did over the last couple innings. So, uh, but that's what this tournament's going to come down to. Now I say that. Look at the first three games today. It has been nothing but offense. Coastal Carolina puts up fifteen runs on Little Rock. Run rolls the Trojans against the preseason pitcher of the year. Then you have the second game today, just an absolute uh, Arkansas State hits four home runs in the first three innings, hangs on for a 9-6 win. It was 6-0 Arkansas State, Troy chipped back. Arkansas State, a bases-clearing double in the top of the ninth to win at 9-6 after Troy had all the momentum in the world to uh, after tying the ball game. And then what you just saw, you know, another another high-run game with ULM and Georgia State, 9-6 your final. So two 9-6 games today. So apparently uh, the bats are coming out in what has shown to be an offensive ballpark. Well, you know, one thing about that, though, you know, I know not everybody did that, but not everybody started their their, their number one starter trying to get get an extra day out of this, uh, trying to get the two wins. But there were teams that did, Little Rock, uh, and now they're basically they're, they're playing for nothing. They've got a game that's meaningless. So unfortunate there. But I, I haven't uh, – South Alabama's field is natural grass, Correct. right? Yep. Okay. I talked about it with Josh. I talked with Danny Reed, Colin Lacey, all these guys. I talked about it. I said, I said, does that give the Jags an advantage coming to the ballpark that's a natural grass? But I'll be honest with you, this field looks beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it is well. I mean, if you if you didn't know, I mean, I think it's lots of it has to do. It's early on in the season for minor league baseball, but if you really didn't know. The, the, I'm not going to say it looks fully artificial, but it's very well kept. You're not seeing what could be a high bounce off of a ball to shortstop or something like that. I think it's going to play pretty neutral. So I would agree. I think you know something that 
at least in the plan before the season started, was we actually had a neutral site game against Auburn planned here for mid-March. We made the trip up here. We were ready to play, and we got washed. And I actually asked one of the grounds crew guys because it looked like it was starting, like it, it was still raining, but no water was holding anywhere. And I asked, how long would it take you guys to dump the tarp off and squeegee this office? Oh, we wouldn't have to squeegee. It'd just completely just roll off on its own. He's, it would, he said 20 minutes tops. We'd be ready to go. So what do you think had to, if you want to say, <laughs> it's no, always touchy when I, the other team is the bigger school. <laughs> true. But did you know the Jags are 50 and 26 all time against the Auburn Tigers? So take that bigger school. Anyway. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> the, to me, uh, I won't say which team, but a former Southland Conference opponent has us in football. And to me, you want to play, make those games up. <laughs> I mean, you're the bigger school now. You're the bigger program. You should be able to beat them. You know, let's play them five years in a row and let's get our number of yeah. wins up. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think really the that game got washed or got got canceled really because just the, the play of the ball was going to be too wet. It was going to be too hard to play with. It's going to be too hard to throw and pitch. Um, so the plan was to come here, get a feel for this field, which it does have its quirks. I mean, look down the right yes. field line. It's It's got a, a rolling wall that goes across and then up. And then you look over and left, you've got kind of Bermuda's triangle out there in left center at 395. And it's a straight wall that goes all the way across. Well, and I'm, I'm surprised this have, hasn't happened yet. That hand railing up there has individual bars. If the ball goes through the bar, it's a double, but it can hit the bar and still come back and play because for it to be a homer, it's got to go over the, the wall, over the, the hand railing. Now, what I have seen is there is a pretty taut mesh net on that railing. Ah. We saw that a couple homes, especially in the Arkansas State game. Well, actually, everybody cleared the fence. and Oh, we had somebody hit a train already. Yeah, yeah. Too. That was uh, gorgeous. Yeah, it was, was, yeah, was Troy. Yeah. I was actually over there, uh, standing over there, and I thought I, had a, thought I had a chance to play the ball. It was a Bartolero. Yes, that yeah. was. That's exactly who it was who hit that ball. But yes, I am very curious. There is a gap on that left field wall that if it does bounce off that net, those rails, and just fall straight through, then obviously it's double. But yeah, one of the more unique yellow lines, if you will, for home runs and, and balls in play on the outfield wall here at the stadium. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it, just seeing how the ball is going to bounce off these things. So I, I'm curious, too, like if you look at that, that left center triangle, if you will, yeah. the wall is probably about, I don't know, 10 feet higher than the rest of it. What if you get an angle on that and it ricochets to the right where the wall is lower and goes over? Is that a homer or is that a double? I will let you know <laughs> when that ball is hit because I don't know. I would assume because it hit in play first would be my assumption mm -hmm. that it's a ground rule double. I would think so too. Because uh, I, that would be my assumption. But we uh, do have video review available in this tournament. Yeah. You know, typically, you know, some some Sun Belt schools have that luxury. Some some don't. Hopefully next year that that changes all around. So that I, from from my knowledge, I, that has not happened yet. We haven't had a situation come up, but I guarantee you something like that will come up oh. here, maybe here in just a few minutes. It, it's, it's the fun belt. It's got to happen, right? It's fun yes. belt. We still have to say that? That's still a thing? Ah. Sure. So I'm looking, just just for those that are listening, I'm looking down the line. It's 3.30 down the uh, right field line, and it's got this semi-circle that jaunts out in the field that probably goes to about 3.30-ish, and then the wall goes back out, 3.73 in the power alley, and then 400 dead to center, and for whatever reason, they decided to raise the the yellow line there six inches, which I don't get at all. You're at 400, and then all of a sudden you're coming in, and then your power alley to left field is 395, and then you have a uh, video board that runs advertisement that's out about three to four feet into the playing field that has angles at each end, and then you get to 314 down the uh, the left field alley. I think the most to me, one of the best things in this ballpark, though, is I absolutely love it, is the Chick-fil-A foul holes that say, eat more foul. F-O-W-L. I mean, genius. What else can you say? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Texas, oh. Texas Rangers have had those for a couple of years now. Oh, really? So, yes. yes I, I like that. I also like the uh, them working in the, the Vance Law 333-3333. 
be on the right field line for the phone phone number and the the fence distance. Hey, I like oh, it. it's, it's a wad. Hey, JT, are you injured right now? Just <laughs> say. Just say yes or no. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, you need to dial three for me. Three, 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 three. I guess there's no area codes here. Not sure, but yeah. I never even. It's actually three, three, four. Oh, wow. Well, we're not going to advertise that. No. Hashtag not a sponsor. I've never, uh, I I didn't, I mean, I've been here six hours sitting watching baseball, and I just noticed that the the 333 down the right field line is the the three digit uh, (laughs) uh, prefix. Oh, my goodness. So. It is fun coming to different ballparks and seeing the different kind of advertisements. This is obviously my first time to Montgomery uh, from from Arlington and uh, seeing seeing what's up. Hey, we're at, a, we're at a ballpark called the Montgomery or the home of the Montgomery Biscuits. Yeah. I haven't got a biscuit yet. I don't know if the chef was taking the day off, but I'm ready to get me a biscuit. I hope the chef shows up because I hear those biscuits are phenomenal. I hear they are too. Anybody? You're from Alabama, so tell yeah. Do you know the story? Is biscuits famous around here? I'm assuming they're. They're not. Oh. <laughs> um, Damn, I, we should. We should. We, I should give you a set of questions before I ask you. To Go ahead, Craig. Put me on the spot, you. No, it's fine. Oh. We've no, had I, that same question, and I yes, have not looked up yeah, the answer. And I, I don't know why either. Uh, but I know that it's not one of those teams where, kind of, in recent years, they've done a fan vote and switched it to kind of a quirky name. It has always been the Biscuits up okay. here since I think they've got here in 2004. It's always been the biscuits. Well, man, I had to go buy a hat. Look at that hat. That's an awesome-looking hat. It's an awesome logo. It's, I, don't, I don't know what the mascot's name is, but it's it, it's a biscuit, and the biscuit's like got Peek-a-boo. eyes and hands. Peek-a-boo biscuit. Yeah. So, no, I think this is awesome. I, I love some of the minor league nicknames. I love getting quirky. I love getting weird. I, I totally Don't isolate agree. that audio ever. <laughs> I, I got to stop laughing. Uh, okay. Uh, no, the... the the biscuits, uh, uh, for those Cajuns fans listening, uh, Jordan, uh, shoot, Jordan. All right, we had a Cajun play here for a while. He was in the Rays organization. He's in the Braves organization now. Last I saw, he is assigned to the Mississippi Braves, but a lot of pitchers have not pitched yet. And even though they so uh, assigned to a team, they're actually no longer active on the roster. Major or minor league baseball, if you're listening to this, which I know you're not, get your crap together and get a real website and a real app. An app is not something that I'd load and then it sends me to a website. You know, come on, do something, guys. Craig, right. that's that's my rant. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you want to rant? Go ahead. Uh, no, I don't want to rant. You you asked us, you asked JT about uh, USA. Yes, you, yeah. you asked me about UT. I want to ask you about the Rage occasions. Talk to me. Matt Deggs has done an unbelievable job in his first full season. Uh, winners of the West Division, and so I want to get your synopsis of what the Cajuns are feeling going into this tournament. Well, I th- I think it all started with the uh, with. Uh, the North Alabama series, it kind of, it allowed us to get back on track. And I think it gave our hitters some confidence. I think you saw that in the UTA series. You saw that again with Troy coming into town. I think the Troy series was probably the best three-game series we we played. I think there were a couple other uh, that we had two games that we were good, other one not so good. Even, even the 6-5 to five loss on, on Thursday night was not a, uh, not what I would say, uh, uh, it's been kind of characteristic of it, and and it was one of those things that we were dodging weather again. Uh, luckily, we didn't have to play a, a, a doubleheader. But uh, as Matt Degg said uh, on the uh, on one of the shows, it's, it was a microcosm of the season with COVID and everything, not knowing what was going on. And to me, I think it was amazing that not I don't know of anybody on our team that that tested positive. The guys stayed out of trouble. And from what I understand, I mean, the only series that was canceled was the one with Coastal and App State. But to your point about the Cajun, I think they're, I think they're peaking right now. Uh, I think, I think we're seeing a little more pitching depth, which I think you're going to need, especially if you go four games. The, the interesting part here, we've, we're listening to the lineup between App State and Texas State. We play Texas State tomorrow. I would prefer Texas State to win tonight, so we know if we beat Texas State. We don't have to worry about the next game. We're, we're in the championship. 
because we've got so many pitchers, and I don't know, maybe one of you guys can answer this, is it still a 27 or 28-man roster for this weekend, or did they expand it because of the tournament? I think we brought 32. See, I think, yeah, because, you know, you have what, you know, the, the original COVID rosters yep. way up, but then whatever your tournament roster, it's always shrunk, but I don't know the exact number it's gone down. I do not have an exact number. Uh, I okay. think we traveled 32 for this trip. Well, I know we had a couple extra guys that I was like, oh, he's here this weekend, so... We, we brought our normal conference travel party for this, and that's normally been 32 this year. So. Okay. And that's what, and, I, and I, I remember now that it went up to 32. Uh, I, I think that's going to be another conversation if you guys want to come back the next couple days because I do want to talk about how that affected your teams because I think it had a great effect on ours. But, again, I don't want to go into it too much right now. Uh, we're right at 30 minutes. Uh did I answer your question, I guess? Because Yeah, some, absolutely. No. Some, sometimes I tend to babble and go off the track here, and uh, and with the train here, I mean, I might be heading down to Mobile for this all over. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> no, in, in looking back at that, that UTA-Louisiana series, that's something I failed to mention about UTA is, you know, COVID did not – we had no COVID cancellations this year. We had games moved. We had a – for the first time ever in, in my career, we had a Saturday, Sunday, Monday series against the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. That was due to COVID regulations, but we got three games in. But the last three weekends for UTA, they lost all three series. Well, guess what? Three doubleheaders uh, in that in that span once a weekend. And that, that absolutely killed – it's just absolutely crazy how much the weather has affected um, teams in the Sun Belt, especially in the West Division this year. Uh, uh, and even think back, I mentioned this on on, on, on Danny Reed, Colin Lacey's yep. uh, Georgia Southern podcast. Uh, hey, I, I know you live in Lafayette. You were affected a little bit. You live in Mobile. You were probably on the beach when this was happening. <laughs> but we had you had the worst ice storm, snowstorm in, in Texas history. Uh, it knocked out our first opening weekend. That's why we scheduled, uh, instead of three-game series, a four-game series against non-conference opponents. So it got off to such a weird start with no, not even being able to practice. Now, they did have an indoor facility. If guys could make it up there, they could go hit in the batting cages. Uh, but when you step outside, hey, guess what? What, it's four degrees outside. Yeah, and, and like you said, the power was out in most places. The the, the street lights and everything else. The, yes, uh, a lot of power was out. And talking to some of the student athletes, that you know, they coaches instead of making sure we need our we need our players, you know, keep keeping up, you know, uh, not adrenaline, just athletically yeah. trying to get a workout in. No, we're we're taking them water. We're taking them food. If they didn't have power, we're bringing them over and uh, trying to get them warm. It was it was a very very unique situation. Me personally, no power for thirty six hours we got it back for two hours lost it for another eight but it finally stayed on after that never lost water a lot of folks the city of arlington lost water for about three or four days very very unique situation to start the season and again we're in a covid year but covid had no effect it was just weather this year very interesting i'm gonna get back to something in a second now let me see if i can remember my first thought though because again i'm derailed uh well, oh back back to weather and everything so we had the the two games against uh South Alabama on a doubleheader on a Sunday, which I don't think I've ever it was a seen. Sunday night, Monday doubleheader. Oh, that's right, Monday doubleheader. Oh, <laughs> so we actually played three games on Monday. We played Coastal Carolina for four, which I absolutely love because, uh, well, one, the game was at an 11 o'clock game, and give Craig a reason to get out of work. That's all he <laughs> needs. Baseball? Yes. Baseball practice? Probably so there, too. So, you know, very unique situation. That's right. I, and I think without COVID, though, we probably don't play that series. Yep, probably not. We're yeah. probably only playing one game. Yeah, probably but so. But because most of the, the, the classes are online, I, I think that's why we're able to get it in. Yeah, I mean, travel restrictions are a little loosened because most teams – I know we, we didn't fly anywhere. I mean, we we busted Oral Roberts. We just busted Georgia Southern into App State. We busted Texas State. We went everywhere by bus. So travel – was very easy for us. I'm assuming. I know most teams did the same, except for a couple of really long trips. For I mean, Josh, you guys. I mean, y'all, I'm assuming y'all flew part of the way to Georgia Southern, at least, right? They flew to Georgia Southern, um, had the bus, and they're just busting back. But that really has been the only plane trip. Uh, Where did y'all fly into Savannah or Atlanta? It's a wonderful question, Craig. Not exactly sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think our longest trip was to UTA. And y'all had the unique perspective of playing, I can't remember how many Texas teams, but then when y'all came to UTA, I believe that was y'all's first series in Texas against a Texas team, but y'all had played three or four different uh, Texas teams over the year. Yeah, we played. Uh, All in Lafayette. Yeah, TCU, Rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, should know the schedule, but 
Eh, those were the we're, better. We're at what? Game, game 48, 49 at this point. They all run together a little bit. How how much? Well, let's talk about your your double headers though. Going back to that, how much do you think that prepared them for this weekend? Because you got to admit, it takes more of a toll. So, are your guys in better shape because of it? Maybe now playing in one game a day because it looks like the, again the weather's going to be beautiful. We shouldn't have any. Yeah, no. I think so. I don't know a single player, I don't know a single coach that likes doing doubleheaders. No. I absolutely hate doubleheaders. Even from a broadcast perspective, it is really a beating because you yeah. turn into a zombie about the sixth or seventh inning of the second game because you, you've said everything you pretty much can. And, and God forbid you have a closer and exciting game in the first one where you're just absolutely just trained going into the second one before it even starts. Absolutely. So you, you have you, a 14-inning first game. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Not, let's not go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it does prepare these players uh, a little bit better, just because hey, we only have to worry about this one game right here. I'm, we don't have, I'm not worried. Say you got say say you lose on Friday, and then you got a Saturday doubleheader. You know, then you're thinking about the second game. Your pitching staff. You're having to think about things you shouldn't normally think about because instead of playing nine innings, you're putting your pitching 18 innings. Who do you got? Who do you want to use in that first game? Will they? Will they be available for the second game? How long do you let them go? How long is the leash? I think that answers just way too many questions uh, in, in, in that certain yeah. aspect. So being able to play one game, I hate playing doubleheaders. UT has played a lot of doubleheaders this year. I think it has prepared them better because they only have to focus on that one game, and I think that's where their focus is going to be. Now, the one of the things I did forget to mention, you mentioned how we're, App State has just taken the field about yes. to take on Texas State. You, Louisiana fans, want Texas State to win to make that a meaningful game tomorrow. If App State wins, that is not necessarily a meaningful game for y'all tomorrow. My starting pitcher, who I would assume is knowing is going to sleep tonight, thinking I'm waking up, I'm going to get a good night's sleep, going to get a good breakfast, I'm going to go in to pitch tomorrow. Well, there's a chance that, I mean, you know, we're starting this game, you know, after nine o'clock. Yeah, nine fifteen uh, first pitch, about ooh. somewhere in there. So he uh, may, he may wake up tomorrow and coach. Hey, by the way, you're not pitching. Just take another day. Does that affect you mentally? I don't know exactly. I think it that does. Situation, but I I think that's I think that's a con to this pool style tournament because. You know, we all know pitchers have a very unique way of getting ready. I don't know if it's two hours for the game, four hours, 24 hours for the game. Baseball players are in general are quirky, routine-oriented, and don't like change. I think the doubleheader, like you said, also on the pitching side of it, if you use somebody even for one inning or two batters even, he's probably not, not – not likely to come into the second game. Yes, there's and UTA has a few of those pitchers. Some guys, they're Ironman. They're going to go right back out there in two hours. There's some guys that they don't recover that quickly. Their arm is not necessarily ready to go. Uh, say you have a long night game and then you're playing a double hitter, they may not be ready to go. Everyone is a little bit different. And uh, with this tournament, everyone has a totally different schedule this weekend. JT, how, how did y'all season go? Did you have a lot of double headers besides the, the, the famous now Monday double header with the, with the Cajuns? Not too many. I think maybe I think over the course of the season, we had one that was scheduled. We went to Oral Roberts, played one Friday, had a Saturday planned doubleheader because we use Sunday as the travel day. Right. Uh, we had one with Georgia State, actually the week after we played you guys. It was almost the same situation where – In Atlanta or – In Mobile. Mobile, okay. It was back-to-back weekends. We were wet, which it's Mobile. It's yeah. what it does. And so we had the – one Sunday to Monday with you guys. The following week we had one, I believe, we had one Friday, Saturday off, then two on Sunday. Uh, and, that, you know, we were talking travel restrictions and whatnot. That was another case where you can play a, a Sunday doubleheader now instead of just losing a game on your schedule because Georgia State said, yeah, you know, we're, we're busting it. It doesn't really matter when we get out of here. So that was, uh, that was nice to get that game in. But I think those were the only – three we had this year but it kind of josh like you were saying we've we've got a pitching staff. you've seen our guys we've got a pitching staff that's kind of these guys go on this day these guys go on this day out of the pen this guy matches with this starting pitcher because he's opposite of him so he gives guys a different look things like that you kind of have to throw all that out the window a little bit this week because you're just trying to stay in games and stay alive and keep going so it doesn't necessarily matter what, okay, he throws a hard sinker. Let's go with our changeup specialist now. It's who's who's our best arm? Who's the guy ready to go right now? Get warm and go. I, I think that's I think that's part of the, the fun and the kind of the, the panicked attitude of the dugout a little bit as the week goes along is what do we do now? Well, get him up. Let's go. 
those doubleheaders give you an opportunity, and we saw that in the UTA Louisiana series in Arlington. That doubleheader, we thought doing the TV broadcast with uh, my partner John Mocheng, we spoke of it a number of times. We thought Matt Deggs was playing. Okay, this is a tournament style right here. These are two tournament games. I'm going to play these games like how I would a tournament game with different pitching uh, moves being made. You know, who do you save for the, the third game? And, uh, just another thing going back to the doubleheaders is, is you know, I think I think every team has had their own unique way to practice what they're playing for in this tournament right now. Well, with with all of that being said, with everything you had, uh, I, I thought the last two weeks of the season, it, it just happened to come down to where I thought they were great matchups. You know, with teams playing for something and doing with us us with Troy, Troy trying to get that number one, possibly number one spot, but. Uh, ultimately, uh, trying to get number two was a little easier, and then us playing for number one, and then you and Georgia Southern playing for for one and two there too. So uh, you can't I, ask for anything more. Oh, you really can't, especially in this weird year. I, I felt like the tournament started last Thursday for yeah. most of us, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, in, 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 in South, I mean, yeah. you guys had a, a heck of a series there with Appalachian State. Yeah, I mean, it, there was a scenario midway through the series that I don't even know if App State realized it going into the weekend, but after the second game where they came back and beat us, it dawned on everybody that, wait a minute, there's a scenario here where we still finish first with a loss and App State can move from four to two? Really? And there was. It was a case of if App State had completed the sweep and Georgia Southern lost to, to UTA, and Troy lost to Louisiana. If that was how everything fell, App State would move to two. The Jacks would still get the one seed. So it was a, a little bit of chaos. Um, but I think like you guys were saying, it was great how every team, regardless of where they were in the standings entering play last Thursday, still had something to play for to change their fortunes going into this weekend, which, like you said, Craig, that's all you can ask for going into this weekend. It, it was amazing because we looked at the standings and everything, and there was a chance that there could be a five-way tie for first in the West. Oh, my gosh. And I love the train coming right through at the right time when we're talking about it. Uh, there you go. There's the horn, baby. There's the horn. Hey, uh, I want to have the conversation briefly. So there's two sets of tracks that run uh, from center field to left field. And we had, we've had we had a couple trains come by and stop. And for, I, I've never seen this before, but uh, there's a little picnic area right by the tracks. Obviously, there's a fence in between. Yep. And I saw uh, a little girl and her mom kind of playing around and whatnot. I watched an engineer driving this train lean out the window and throw a beautiful frisbee toss over the fence to the little girl playing and I was like I've never <laughs> seen that before and then he ended up stopping and, and he, watched the, he watched the game for a little while oh, that's cool yeah and as the great Colin Lacey said that I, I laughed at over and over it's like hey you don't you don't just pass through a Troy Arkansas State baseball game he stopped and watched for about 30 minutes finally he pulled that train uh, forward so the train is in fact in play uh, this weekend it's oh, oh then we saw the home run hit the top of the train yes absolutely so we've had one one train ball uh one we had a frisbee we've had a frisbee hey I, it's hey what'd you say earlier oh fun belt yeah fun that's belt. exactly right yes, well guys i could keep you here all night this is fun and and i know every time we hear the crack of the bat and that ball going up everybody's head turns real quick so i'm gonna let you get back and uh watch the game and maybe we can sit down again tomorrow and we can kind of well, I tell you what, before we leave, though, JT, talk to yeah. me about App State because you're yeah. the most recent that played them. UTA did not play App State. That's that's that's, that's a Pandora mystery box, right? Yeah. There. So, and we and that's our that's our game uh, Thursday, I think it is, or Friday. Yeah, so, sure. So the Mountaineers, um, they're a lot better than their record indicates. I'll yes. say that. I'm not just saying that because they took two out of three against us. I'm saying. I think that they're peaking at the right time. Yes, I'm saying that because Kermit Smith has figured out what works up in the high country. They've got a gritty team that their stats aren't necessarily pretty. They field the ball very well. Their pitching has honestly, it's it's been bad. It's 11th in the conference in ERA. Their bullpen has been very shaky, but they've got some veteran guys that really they just play well together. Uh, they've got they've got some guys in key spots that play well. They play consistent. Uh, Philip Cole, even who's their right uh, App State's right fielder, went into the weekend hitting I think 189 against us and had a four for four day with three extra base hits on in game two. So they're they're playing the right ball at the right time. Uh, 
What now, about their Friday night starter or now, their Thursday night starter yes, for y'all? So Tuthill is the real deal. I, I would argue that he, he's one of the top lefty starting pitchers in the, in the Sunbelt Conference. Okay. He, he's very, very solid, very good fastball. His curveball is very, very good. He does a very good job of keeping it low. It's a 12-6 break. It's some hard break on it. He keeps it low. His key is if he gets a high strike with his fastball, it's tough to hit him, and he was getting them last Thursday. So that's that's a there a little, a little scout on Tuthill for you. And he did not start tonight, did he? He did not. No. Yes, because I thought they were saving they're saving him for our game, uh, which is very interesting, uh, because I mean I, I'm not going to say it's their only chance because anything could happen. Yeah, they went instead with a, a different lefty. I think it was Martinez, but he was one of their main guys in the starting rotation. He had 12 starts this year. Didn't pitch against us last week. Really? So I think they kind of held him back, set him up, say, hey, if we don't need you, let's use you in that first game of the Sunbelt Tournament and roll out there. He's Him and Tuthill have been the two best starting pitchers for App this year. So it, it's not bad having your number two for the first day for, for App State, in spite of it being 9-22 that he throws his first pitch. Yeah, I mean, that was something else where, they, where the game started almost two hours later than uh, scheduled. So... Uh, which does not surprise me. It happens every year. Uh, we were and the first game ended actually in three hours and only won seven innings. Yeah. So because it was a ten-run rule. Troy and Arkansas State ended three hours sixteen minutes, and we were out here for the entire. That game felt a lot longer than what it actually it was because it was a wild game. Uh, and then this last one, you and George State, it was cruising right along there for a minute. Uh, it stalled there at the very end, but that's just that's the nature of the day. You can't, yeah, you can't start a game earlier than nine a.m. and no, uh, but that's just when you have four games in one day. This is what you're going to get. Fortunately, this is the only time this is going to happen this weekend. Yep. My understanding with the uh, 9 a.m. start time is more of an NCA rule or something like that. You have to feed them so many hours before the game, so you don't want them getting up 5 a.m., rolling out of bed, and, and coming out of here and getting hurt. So it makes perfect sense to me. If it's not a rule, everybody kind of goes. That's that's what's going on. I haven't heard of a game starting before 9 a.m. I've yeah. been a part of a couple 9 a.m. games and. Uh, it's 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 chaotic. Yeah. It's a little early. I've worked an 8 a.m. softball game on getaway day in a tournament. Oh, well, okay. But now, it was non-con, so maybe that has to do with it. It could be, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's a conference rule. Maybe it's just a, a courtesy rule, too. So, But, uh, yeah, and for you guys, 8 a.m., and unless you're there for three-game series, you're having to get there two hours beforehand to get set up, make sure your equipment's working. We were there before the sun was up, yes. Uh, we were there, I think, at 6.15, 6.30. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was getaway day, and that was game one of a doubleheader on getaway day, too. And, of course, game one goes to extras. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> JT, what, what, uh, you're a baseball fan. I yep. can tell by the way you talk. I mean, obviously you do the games, so, but you're, you're still. Do you have a Major League Baseball team you follow? Yes, uh, Atlanta Braves all the way. I am so sorry, and <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am surrounded here by – Atlanta Braves people, which I'm, I've been a lifelong Reds fan, so. Okay. But I know everybody, and it, it makes sense kind of where you're at. That's probably the closest team. It's the closest team, and they were good when I was growing up and yep. getting into baseball. So, I same reason I'm a Denver Broncos fan. Growing up, they were good. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. I, was, I know I a lot. Football. Oh, John well. Elway was my guy. Uh, I, I was uh, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, and all those guys when I was growing up. So that that's where I fell. And uh, that's good though. That I like to hear people that stuck with their teams when they that they grew up on. Because too many times nowadays that guys are players, uh, fans are player fans, mm -hmm. not team fans. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. drives me nuts. <laughs> so what are you this week? You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That happens a lot in the NBA. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. It's starting it's a little bit in the MLB. Uh, yeah. I, I think Mookie Betts is a prime example yeah, of that's, that's uh, people switching allegiances and whatnot. But uh, yeah, like I said, I'm a fan of uh, you know people that stay fans of one team through thick and thin. Yeah. Trust me, <laughs> it gets rough. Sometimes. Yeah, I was a fan of the Broncos through the Tebow days. So there you go. Oh. And the, he had, and to, he had the, to say the T word, oh yeah. Tebow. And the Kyle Orton days. Those, oh. were, those were just tremendous. Well, it's been fun, guys. Thank you so much. Maybe we've, we'll have some more time tomorrow if you're around. I'm going to have it set up again. And uh, I, I'm going to do these. And, and after baseball season's over, let's get on and talk some MLB. We we did a Zoom with uh, J.D. Byers a couple, a couple of months ago, an hour, I guess. But... Uh, 
Sorry, everybody might have heard the crack of the bat on that one, and I just, I'm like a little kid, shiny object, my head's going. Hey, scoreless game in the first, so that's all right. We're headed to the, uh, we're headed to the top of the second. Uh, Craig, no, I, I love these. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's provided some entertainment, and I'm really looking forward. Today's been fun. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, and then UTA will finally be able to take the field on Thursday. And uh, good luck to the Raging Cages tomorrow against uh, Texas State. And this is my favorite part of tournament time. It's because we all get to be in the same place at yep. the same time, hang out, and enjoy the same thing. It's so rare in our business that we get to actually do this all at the same time together. So this is always my favorite time of year. It's unusual. I mean, I think baseball is a unique sport because you can be a, an announcer in other sports, per se. I, I think it's really talented the guys that do basketball. It's too fast-paced for me. Uh, but I think baseball announcers are genuinely baseball fans, it seems like. It's not something you just go, oh, I want to, you know, I've been doing football. Let me see if I can do baseball. Sure, yeah. Uh, and, and people think because it's slow pace, uh, there's not a lot going on that, you know. But to me, it's not slow pace because if you're watching in the dugout, if you're watching the pitcher, if you're watching the guy, there's something always going on. You're watching the – you guys need to, to see that the second baseman has played into a shift, is now behind the bag. So when that guy hits the ball through there, you're going like, well, where was he? Well, you knew he's there. So yep. to me, to me, it's the game within the game that's that's amazing. And I, I love talking to baseball announcers because they're baseball guys. Yep. And, and I'm a baseball I'd say we're guy. definitely baseball people. Absolutely. Oh, it's the analytics, too. And, yes. And, and watching, you know, certain, I believe, you know, the Rage Occasions, guy gets two strikes, we're going to see the outfitters all take maybe one or two steps to their left, head to the flare side. Yep. It's stuff like that that, that really makes me enjoy the game as well. Two strikes to the left, you'll see our third baseman move to the right side of the infield every time. There you all go. right, guys, why don't you tell them one more time uh, where, 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 where they can catch you this weekend uh, uh, on the radio and – and who you play first and all that good stuff. Just talk about your team real quick. Uh, for UTA, Troy uh, fell uh, in an upset to Arkansas State. Uh, UTA and Arkansas State will play for all the marbles on Thursday. Friday against Troy has turned into a meaningless game, win or lose for UTA. Uh, UTAMavs.com slash watch. Of course, I'll, uh, we'll tweet, tweet things and Facebook things all around, but uh, looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, that's Thursday at a 3 o'clock, so <laughs> got, a, got another couple days to kill, uh, Greg. But, yeah, thanks for having me on, Craig. Appreciate no, thank you. Well, it's uh, basically the same situation for the Jags. Now, we play because Coastal won earlier today against Little Rock. We now play for spot to go to the semifinals tomorrow. It's the first game of the day, 11 a.m. So um, we'll uh, we'll start it on Sports Talk 99.5. You can search that on iHeartRadio as well or find it on usajaguars.com is our athletic website. And uh, we'll get it going for the first game. We've got Little Rock on Thursday, same time at 11 a.m., which win or lose for us tomorrow, that is also a meaningless game now since Little Rock lost earlier today. So we'll uh, we'll be playing some fun baseball on Thursday and a, a big one tomorrow for the Jags. It, it's fun, and then I can tell you, if, if you're a fan of baseball, listening to these two guys, they're great, and it's been fun listening to them and talking to, talking baseball. I mean, that to me, that this is this is like I'm in heaven. So fun guys, fun time. Uh, I'm Craig Malonsaw for. Uh, for everybody, thank you so much for listening, and we're going to sign off now. You're listening to We're Talking. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.